I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Buongiorno and welcome to the Second Tier Podcast. I'm a very sunburnt Ryan Dilks and I'm joined by the Charlie Mulgrew to my Derek Williams. It's Justin Peach. I was expecting a set piece reference there, but you know, Derek Williams. No, that's purely based on defensive ability. Let's crack on then, Justin. We'll start with top versus bottom. It's Stoke nil. Leeds 3, Stuart Dallas, Alioski and Bamford got the goals. In his post-match interview, Nathan Jones looks like a man who's about to be sacked. Do you think he is? It would be a shame because it's been highlighted that there was problems last season under Rowett, obviously. You know, they were relatively poor, but there was people in, well, players in the squad that weren't quite up to the standard that they should be. Um, you know, quite disruptive influences, etc. Jones has said that mentality is the big issue for Stoke at the moment. As we've seen, because there are games where you take out some of the mistakes and they're a bit more clinical, they're not a bottom side. No, no. I, the thing is, I don't think he is about to be sacked mm-hmm. just because the Coates family at Stoke yes. are very patient aren't they they've mm-hmm. historically been very patient yeah. so I don't think we'll expect anything just yet but you know there is no shame in losing to Leeds but this was a chance for Stoke to put in a good showing yeah. and instead they've just been pummeled here so I think he's on borrowed time at the moment he is but I don't think it's his doing just like Rowett the, the, I think the big mistake Rowett made was going for the fans, but he made, he pointed out a fact that the fans... Not like Gary Rowett to do that. Well, he, he's, <laughs> he's very outspoken. I think that perhaps upset the players and the fans at the fact that Rowett is quite un, um, outspoken. And Nathan Jones is of a similar character in the sense that he will be as honest as, as possible. Um, and at the, as I say, at the moment, the players have got to start reacting to it because... They've got a they've got a squad and a half, and they're not performing. Yeah, and he's brought in, as you say, some good players, yeah. isn't he? In in the summer, mm-hmm. uh, Butland was dropped yesterday, as expected. It gave Adam Davies a chance in goal. Oh no, wait, it didn't. Adam Federici played instead. It's an outrage. That's where it's going wrong. Sack Jones. <laughs> you you are very well known to be the leader of the Adam Davies fan club. It's a cult, actually. Okay, sorry. So how was how, what was your reaction to him not playing instead? Um, deep anger, surprised at the defeat. No, Adam Davis didn't play. I'm surprised you um, weren't throwing a darts at a picture of Nathan <laughs> Jones. As I say, deeply disappointed because uh, Federici had a good game, and that means Adam Davis won't get a game next week. We'll have to see. Uh, Leeds. Then it was another game where Leeds mm-hmm. have smashed their opposition. The most impressive thing about this result is the change to the system. 
Yeah. Uh, we were just talking about it before the mm. podcast. Uh, they played a 3-5-2. Uh, Liam Cooper was missing and they've managed to still pull it off brilliantly. Yeah, I, this is the the weird thing with, as I was saying before the, we started recording, there's this uh, stigma of three at the back being a defensive formation, but it, it it's obviously how you play the three at the back. You can have wing-backs as high up the pitch as possible, as we saw Dallas's goal. He was right wing back, but he's on. You know, he, he's chased into that final third. Beautiful um, team goal that as absolutely. well. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I was, as you say, Bielsa, I would say, pulled off a masterstroke. Um, but I th- is this the first time Leeds have changed systems as such a little yeah. bit? Well, this season it is. But before um, they've just played the classic four three three. Yeah, and they've still looked incredibly comfortable. And if they're going to play Bamford and Enketia, this might be the formation for it. Yeah, well, we'll have to see. At the moment, they are cruising. The Flying Dishwasher on Twitter says Leeds' ability to utterly smother teams this season and have an XG to rival Man City. Um, they were outrageous, and Ben White is on another level too. Yeah. Chris on Twitter says everybody was a 7-8. and eight. It was a great team performance, and yeah. that's the thing, isn't it? You know, Leeds are cruising at the moment, mm-hmm. and there doesn't seem to be too many challenges really on the horizon. Well, it's when you when they can start playing with formations and systems, then and they're still getting results like this, then it's, it's a bit of a bit of a worry. And as you say, they've not played Cooper. Um, it's a it's a different you know defense that they've played, um, and as I say, still getting a result like this against a Stoke team that do create chances. Um, yeah, it's a good, it's a great result, and as I say, three 0 away from home, you're you're happy, aren't you? Yeah, absolutely. We'll point out, as I said in a couple of episodes ago, they did start well last season. We'll have to wait and see, but well, they can only beat what's in front of them, as we've said already. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Fulham one, Forest two, a Lewis grab and double got Forest a mm-hmm. brilliant win. Uh, Fulham had seventy seven percent possession yeah. in this game, but Forest probably. Had the better chances, yeah. From from what I saw with the highlights, yeah, Forest Forest were um, were great. Um, I've been saying it since the start of the season that I think this is a really <laughs> talented Forest yeah. side. Uh, even their defence, where we had concerns in the past, looked solid mm-hmm. in this game. And you know, they're just playing well at the moment, aren't they? Yeah, they're they're mixing up the game, I guess, um, to stifle leads the way they did. Because again, I, I after the West Brom game. I thought Forest were looking a bit ooh, just because no one really got going in that game, and then the Leeds game, Leeds absolutely, I'd say pummeled them. Yeah, would be fair, and they, you know, they they managed to get the result by being clinical. And I'll be honest with you, I completely wrote off Forest for this game just on the basis that Fulham looked unreal against Millwall. Yeah, well, they were they're very confident, weren't they? Yeah. Um, and that's no disrespect to Forest. It's just the, the the talent of the Fulham. But as I say, they completely um, limited that front three for Fulham. Yeah. And the, the Ben Watson masterclass in the middle is proving a tactical masterstroke by Lamucci. And it's got to be pointed out, they've got four points from away games at Leeds and Fulham probably, this season. Probably two of the hardest away games they'll have this I mean, season. I think almost without a doubt, yeah. the two hardest games so far. Mm-hmm. Are you joining me on the Forest bandwagon? I imagine towards that, I'm I'm oh. still a bit worried about the the depth, especially in the fullback areas, because Jack Robinson's been quality, I think, for Forest this season, mm. and if he gets injured, 
Is there anybody to replace him? Well, they've got the Portuguese lad whose name has completely escaped me. It's the I one that we forgot about last week. Yeah, I, I don't <laughs> think we've actually said his name yet on this podcast. The Benfica guy. <laughs> yeah, but he he is going to come back in at some point, I imagine, and may even, well, considering how Robinson's playing, yeah. may even edge Robinson out the team, but we'll have to wait and see. But, yeah, the Forest bandwagon, there's still plenty of room on there if you want to join us. We're heading on a trip to the playoffs, if you want to. You want to get on board? Give, give me another 10 games. That, that is, that's a long time. Then There might not be room on the Forest bandwagon by that point, but we'll have to wait and see. Uh, let's talk about the game then, because, as you say, it was an impressive performance by Forest. Mm-hmm. The first goal, every Forest player touched the ball. Sensational. It's clinical, isn't it? Uh, Bryce Samba made his first starting goal yeah. in place of uh, Aro Muric. Mm-hmm. And made some really good saves, didn't he? Yeah, that's, that's what you need. It's, it's hard to gauge how good a goalkeeper is when they come from abroad because they're sometimes hit and miss, aren't they? Well, that's what we said about, um, was it the Luton keeper? I think we were saying Fluga, it about. Yeah. yeah, because, you know, coming out for crosses, sometimes they don't realise what it's like when you've got, I don't know, a six foot seven Matt Smith running towards you. <laughs> it's quite intimidating. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But, um, yeah, as you say, he, he he might take a bit of time to adapt to the league Aaron Muric didn't adapt very well to the league but <laughs> but he made some really good saves yeah. and yeah it'll be interesting to see how he gets on uh, Ryan on Twitter says shithousing teams with the odd bit of good football then sitting back and soaking up pressure rode our luck but that's championship football sometimes mm-hmm. Ronald on Twitter says it was the perfect away performance and Forrest were excellent throughout and Richard Osman from Pointless says well done Forrest which is nice okay Fulham then John on Twitter says in the final third we were just abysmal 95% of the time needs to be a lot better next week but still think there's a lot to be positive about at Fulham going forward just as we start to think Fulham are in the same category as Leeds <laughs> they slap us around the face and remind us how shoddy their defence is it's frustrating the, the two the, I mean the Forest goal was brilliant the first one but still really naive defending to allow Robinson the time to put that ball in and then yeah. Lewis Graben was unmarked at the back post and then for the second one, obviously Setignon has made the mistake. Yeah. Um trying to overplay it. And uh, in the week I said Scott Malone doing that for Derby was criminal and this was criminal as well. Doesn't matter how old you are. Yeah. And then the other fullback, Joe Bryan. I think it was Joe Bryan. Yeah. Just Lewis Graben just drifted past him like he wasn't there. Well, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he seems to take like ten touches to get that shot yeah. right, didn't and he? Just, yeah. No one seems to do anything about no. it. It's Quite impressive from a Fulham standpoint. Uh, we were saying on Thursday how Fulham have actually had quite an easy start to the season mm-hmm. and this was more of a test and they've been beaten. It's quite worrying that really, isn't it? It is, but I guess, I mean, the fact that they absolutely battered Millwall, you'd expect them to be able to handle teams that sit back. They didn't yesterday. I think Forest had a bit more quality than Millwall going forward and I think this gives more teams confidence that have perhaps a bit more quality than Millwall going forward. Again, no disrespect to Millwall, but they don't have the, the using fluidity of some teams in the division. Using fluidity? That sounds gross, isn't it? I like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, the biggest concern for me is in Scott, pa- Scott Parker who was wearing oh, a cardigan oh, when it was oh, okay. 30 degrees outside. That was a bit weird. Yeah, I mean, what was that about? I mean, for the first time in probably a year, I wore shorts with football. At the yeah. weekend. I mean, I'm sunburned. My arms look yeah. like a drumstick lolly. So, yeah. I did say it gets cold on the Thames. 
Yeah, fair enough. Uh, Swan 3, Birmingham nil. Mm-hmm. Cowan Norton, Bersant Salina and Boya Baston won the game for the Swans. Swansea continue to keep the pace with Leeds and yeah. were very impressive here. Can Swansea stick around at the top? I hope so. Well, there's always at least one side who Surprises. finished, yeah, mm-hmm. finished in mid-table last season and then go on to be promotion contenders. Yeah. What do you think? The, I mean, the, I, have they come out of the blue? Would it be fair to say that just because? Yes. Change of manager, couple of players leaving, us not realizing they still had AU and Baston. Yeah. Um, it is a bit of a surprise to see them up there, just because perhaps we forgot about that and getting rid of some good players. Um, but they're putting teams away. They they really are putting teams away. So, you know, they, they keep getting results like that and, and doing what they do best, which is silky, uh, you know, nice, you nice play. Yeah, yeah. Well, well we were say, we've said it a million times that all Cooper had to do was keep doing what Potter was doing. And the thing is, I'm not too sure if Potter was there that we'd have seen Baston and AU be introduced back into the fold. I mean, I suppose there's no way of being able to tell, but it's definitely paying dividends at the yeah. moment, isn't it? Let's talk about the game then. Uh, it's not often you see a fullback change the game, but Swansea looked a lot better when Cal Norton came on at half-time. Well, obviously this was um, the later game in the weekend, and I, 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 didn't, I didn't watch it. Um, Disgusting. But um, seeing Norton scored seeing that Norton scored I was like what the hell like completely took me by surprise but as you say full back changed the game yeah uh, Bursant Salina looked very good here yeah. I did watch the game luckily uh, <laughs> but yeah he looked very good here and with Baston and Ayu coming back into the fold he's been a bit overshadowed but he's been class so far this season and could be a very important player for Swansea Salina yeah yeah absolutely um, he's he's a good um Sort of, what's the word I'm looking for? Versatile forward in the sense that he can play across that sort of final third yeah, as yeah. a left left sided player, right sided player, or behind the striker. And obviously, he played behind the striker in this game. Um, he yeah. played. He kind of played all over the place. Mm-hmm. To be fair, he's just kind of free roaming. But yeah. yeah, be interesting to see if he adds more goals to his game this season. Birmingham then. Davros on Twitter says, quite brilliantly, the plan to limit Swansea to less than four goals worked a treat. Game plan. Chris says it was a fucking shambles. Hard to disagree. <laughs> well, they must have come for a point in this game because they just sat back. They had 26% possession, no shots on target. It was just a really poor performance and that's what's happened so far in all of the away games for Blues this season so far. It's underwhelming and disappointing that the fact that they think oh did this work against Brentford kind of did got the result so they're trying to replicate it but it's not going to keep it's not going to keep working no they're going to come up against teams one who have a bit more quality going forward because as we've seen with Brentford this season they've not quite hit their stride mm. um, and I, I I expect I expect a lot more from Birmingham with the technical quality that they brought in yeah in the likes of Sunjic Villalba Jimenez, etc. Crowley as well. Yeah, and Crowley. Yeah, yeah well, he didn't even play in this game. 
they, they went back to two up front and yeah. that seems to imply that Crowley won't play which is disappointing because yeah. he has been quite impressive this season so <coughs> we'll have to see how that goes for Birmingham in the coming weeks and whether their away performance has improved uh, <laughs> Huddersfield nil, Reading 2 Ovi Ajaria and Michael Morrison yeah. with the goals Huddersfield without a manager and now without a win in 16 games on Thursday you said Huddersfield are in a relegation battle yeah I'm guessing this hasn't changed your mind. Definitely not. It strikes me a lot of um, when Derby had that season. I think I, I briefly mentioned this on uh, in the week on the pod, and Derby really struggled to settle back into the championship the season they came down, and it took them a, a hell of a long time. I think it was up until the middle of September to get the first win of the season and first win for a year, and I think that pretty much gives me the same thoughts around Huddersfield the fact that they had an abysmal season last season they've recruited I'd say really they recruited relatively poorly Um, so my mind isn't changed on that they're they're going to struggle this season Yeah, Huddersfield chairman Phil Hodgkinson says the quality of job applications has been high ideally the club every team says this yeah I mean there's not really any idea of being able to tell I suppose is there but I mean (laughs) I've always thought it's a bit weird how managers apply for jobs. Like, do you, I'd Anyone, like to see people's CV. I'd like to see a manager's CV. Yeah, Nigel Pearson's on LinkedIn, so maybe we can sort of get a... Yeah. I'll have to investigate. Anyway, Huddersfield's uh, <laughs> job applications. Ideally, the club wants someone with a few years of experience uh, coaching at an elite level. Chris Hutton and Aitor Karanka have been ruled out because they haven't applied. Former Hamburg <laughs> manager Hans Wolf is the current favourite for the job. So my question is, has there ever been a more stereotypically German name than Hans Wolf? Rem- this reminds me a bit of the bad guy from Die Hard. <laughs> <laughs> well, Bastian Schweinsteiger is the first one that comes to my head, but Hans Wolf is a fantastic name. Mm-hmm. But anyway, would a foreign manager with no experience in the championship work for you, considering the states Huddersfield are in no okay flat out no I I think that they need a manager who's going to come in come in and completely change the mentality bringing in a, a another German manager who might have the same style of play we obviously we don't know how he how it'll be he's in, another, in that sense another <laughs> Dortmund reserves manager oh god Just, how many are there <laughs> I mean there's obviously more people in more more managers go through that job than they do a bloody Stoke. Or Derby. Or Derby, yeah. <laughs> Christ alive. The, the, the turnover at that place is crazy. I suppose they keep getting poached by Huddersfield or Norwich. Well, see where it might go back to that job. Yeah, yeah, you never know. <laughs> uh, Reading, I'm really excited about Reading's defence. Uh, the Triple M defence. The best bit was that Matt Myasga, Matt Myasga went off injured. And who did they bring on? Tom McIntyre. Another oh, M. Another M. <laughs> it replaced them before, but Ovi Ajaria and John Swift in midfield look absolutely class. Ajaria got a goal and Swift mm-hmm. set up both the goals. I'm getting quite excited by this Reading side. They suddenly look like a team who've got loads of class in loads of areas of the pitch. Yeah. How far do you think they can go? They've got a great young team. And I, I, we said it in our episodes before the season started is... They've got they've got a young team. They've their recruitment has let them down previously, but their recruitment this summer has been brilliant. They've they've brought in in areas that they needed to bring in, which obviously states the obvious. 
because no team's going to bring in areas they don't need apart from Forest. <laughs> um, <laughs> and yeah, they, they, they've brought in some real quality, which again surprised me with Reading, just because you, they bring in players like Puskas. Yeah. Um, there's Ajaria, who, whose ability on the ball is out, is outstanding. He just needs a platform to show it, and he's, and he's doing this at Reading. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Alex on Twitter says, Reading will be the surprise this year. Amazed if they don't finish in the top 10 now. And I initially saw this and thought, hmm, not sure about that. But really? Considering some of the teams that we'll speak about in mm-hmm. this episode, he's probably not too far wrong, I don't think. I think I think top half at the moment is looking a very realistic possibility. Yeah. I, it's hard to disagree, really, because... They've really shown up in the last few games. Yeah. That that win last week against Cardiff was a real statement win. Say we're decent here, and again against um, West Brom in the week. Although they didn't get the the win, they still got a result. Um, they're just looking good in all areas of the pitch, as I say. Well balanced. They're looking really well balanced. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. QPR three, Wigan one. Naki Wells, Eberichi Easy, and Jordan Hugel with the goals. I said on Thursday QPR will win this. Good to see one of the million predictions I make actually come off. Uh, but, <laughs> but I made point. that prediction mostly based on how poor Wigan are at the moment. They are the worst division, the worst team in the division by far at the moment, aren't they? Again, really hard to disagree. Although Huddersfield are. Maybe worse, I think. I'd, I'd, they've got fewer points, Huddersfield, but Wigan in the past few games have been so poor. They did score, which is the first yes. goal since the opening day. So it's progress. Every cloud. Paul Cook, Wigan fans want him gone. Mm-hmm. Do you think he has to go? They're getting worse, aren't they, Wigan? Yeah. And I know a few of the Wigan well, you fans... Well, getting better, mate. Well, they're getting better from the... Like, as weeks go by, they scored a goal, which they haven't done for a while. But yeah. in that sense, they're getting worse from, like, last season. They started the season brightly last season, and all of that confidence just seems to be completely, like, devoid at the moment. It's gone. Mm. And some of the goals that they conceded yesterday were laughable. Could have conceded more as well. Absolutely. Should have conceded more. Absolutely. Yeah. They're the team that are going to be well beaten in a lot of games if they still have the same mentality. But that's what I mean. Do you think Paul Cook's got a go? I, th- I think so. I think it needs a, a fresh, a fresh man in. He's taken them as far as he can go, hasn't he? Really? Yeah. And I, I can't see him making this Wigan team progress. Yeah. And he's had a, he's had plenty of money to spend, yeah. um, and he's not got the best out of signings. Okay, it's five games in, but. You spend, I think one Wigan fan pointed out, he spent up to ten million pounds. You've got to, st- you've got to hit, the- you've got to get the ball rolling yeah. straight away. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. QPR. Then we said uh, Joe Allen's miss a couple of weeks ago was one of the worst ever. Jordan Hugel's in this game. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> I raise you. <laughs> I don't think he could miss that again if he tried. It was impossible. Near impossible. To Near miss. impossible. Yeah, because he's. He's under the bar and he's hit it over. Pretty much. And I know, okay, he's it's slightly behind him, so he's leaning back to get it, but you can't get that much purchase on it. You're being very generous there. I am, but he's not the most clinical striker in the division, let's be honest. He should have scored that. Yeah, 
Yeah. Anti on Twitter says it was a managerial masterclass by Mark Warburton to change the QPR formation into a back five after just 45 minutes. Completely changed the game after Wigan had looked very comfortable in the first half. They suddenly can't deal with our wingers on both flanks. Yeah, QPR were comfortable here, weren't they? Mm -hmm. They deserved more points than what they've got so far this season. So getting the three points here was important considering they've only won once before this game. Sorry, take your time. Yes, <laughs> quick burp. Yeah, it's fine. Um, no, yeah, the, going into the, the break, one nil down. Warburton switching it up. It, it again, we we use over him. You know, we we rate him quite highly, so yeah. we're not particularly surprised that he would react to that quite quite quickly. Um, and it's good to see players getting goals. That. That's that's going to be the most important thing for QPR because they're not the best defensively as we've seen so far this season. So they need to start taking their chances and doing that um, against Wigan was it was a perfect step forward for them. Yeah, yeah, and Eberichi's a goal and assist here. He is going to be so important to how they progress this season. Yeah, it? it was. I was surprised he didn't play more games last season. I know to to some extent Steve McLaren didn't fancy him, but now Luke Freeman's gone, he's going to be pivotal to their attacking play he's arguably the main attacking threat I suppose really isn't he there's a Soy Samuel Samuel and they've got an Elias chair as well yeah. that, that's a decent attacking well, three that isn't the, it the QPR have always had a good record of bringing players through good good talent and yeah. um, it's good to see them getting games and improving absolutely uh, Barnsley won at Luton 3 Butterfield Collins and Cornick got Luton their first three points of the season just as we were saying, we think Luton might be in trouble of going down this season. Hold on, hold on. I was I was defending them slightly. Slightly? Slightly, yeah. That's a big slightly. That that result was always coming. I, 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 I'm not saying Luton are going down. I'm just saying they weren't performing very well. And at the moment, they looked like one of the likely candidates to be in a relegation battle. But they're not out of the woods yet. But it was a much-needed three points for Graham Jones, wasn't it? Yeah, it's a big win. They've not picked up any points since the opening day, have they? No. So, as you say, um, to get that first win on the board is is so important for any manager. And to do it away at Barnsley, again, is, is a really good result. Although Barnsley are naive at times defensively, um, and that showed in that game. But got to take your chances. Luton did that. Yeah, Jacob Butterfield seems to be enjoying life at Kenilworth Road. Kicked it forward, didn't he? Ooh. You are a very bitter Derby fan. <laughs> just, not just Derby fans, well, Wednesday fans as well. This is the point I was going to make. He's been a bit of a weird player in the way that fans at some clubs think he's crap. I'm thinking Derby, Middlesbrough, Wednesday. Mm-hmm. But at others like Huddersfield, he seems to do well. Is it a case of you've got to build the team around him to make him perform well, do you think? Perhaps not build the team around him, but there's no... Like, every time he's got a big move, he just hasn't performed. He went to Borough, he went to Norwich, just didn't work for him. Um, and obviously he went to Derby. He had that season at Derby where he was amazing. He was, yeah. he was at absolute quality, but... He's a good player at this level, isn't he? He is a good player. He's, he cost he's, Derby four million a few years ago. I think, what, his transfer fees must be near 10 million that he's, that he's rocked up. He's, there's a player in there, um, and it, it, he's got a great beard as well. Yeah, absolutely. Always helps. Can never fault a man's beard. And he fits the Luton quota, I suppose, of got something to prove. Got something to prove, experienced championship player, free transfer, and he's now kicking it forwards. So that's for, you know, 
main points are. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, James Collins got on the score sheet for the first time since the opening day. Mm-hmm. He's playing a bit deeper now. He's playing as like mm-hmm. a number 10. But considering how deadly he was for Luton last season, it's important that he scores more goals, really, isn't it? I mean, you'd expect probably when Luton are attacking that they would make a conventional sort of two up front. Um, but yeah, absolutely. He, he's a goal scorer. I think, you know, it smells a bit like a, a Grant Holt coming from coming up from the lower leagues um, at a, sort of a, a, an older age. So, you know, if he, as long as he, I, think, I guess, hits at least double figures, Luton will, Luton will be in good stead. Yeah, and Ryan Tunnicliffe tackled someone with his head. Did you see this? I did, I did yeah. It's brilliant. Did Absolutely marvellous. Barnsley, it's got to be pointed out that Barnsley had as many shots from inside the box as any other side in the Championship yesterday. Mm-hmm. But the consensus seems to be, from Barnsley fans, that they deserve to be beaten, which is mental. Fair enough. Uh, from what I can see on Twitter, a few fans are starting to panic because Anderson, Diaby and Radlinger, who are the two centre-backs and the keeper, mm-hmm. didn't have good games yesterday. And they were, they're the replacements, aren't they, for yep. Pinnock, Lindsay and Davies? Am I surprised at that? Not really. They're the young players who have no experience of the championship. That's a big ask in itself. The recruitment was a bit strange in this window, the fact that they brought in a hell of a lot of players. When last season's team was unlucky, probably really unfortunate not to win, win the, the league. Yeah, yeah. Win the league. Um, not taking that away from Luton at all. Um, but... The naive defending is costing Barnsley a lot of goals and that's given him a lot of work to do in games. Yeah, well, they have been missing Corley Woodrow for the last couple of games. Yeah. Um, Malik Wilkes got a goal. He was one of the players for most shots taken without scoring so far this season. So that'll be a big boost to his confidence. And so far, he has looked quite a dangerous player for Barnsley, hasn't he? Yeah, again, quite quite versatile, wide player, comes inside, um, can play up front as well. And he, he's going to be important for Barnsley as, as the games go by, as is most of their players just because they've got that many young attacking players you know they all need to chip in absolutely let's go to our next game it's Charlton 1 Brentford 0 Conor Gallagher got the goal I'm going to sum up this game in three words go for it what the fuck (laughs) Brentford 22 shots Charlton 3 shots ridiculous if there's ever been a game that sums up both Brentford and Charlton's (laughs) performances so far this season This is it. Why can't Brentford score? Maybe they should take a leaf out of Charlton's book. They, they need to. Defensively, yeah. they've been fine. Uh, only Leeds have conceded fewer goals than them, and the data shows they've been a much more solid team than they were last season. But like on Wednesday against Leeds, they've had one lapse in concentration and left a man free who's gone and scored. Yeah. Um, I'm not overly surprised that they're not scoring goals. They've sacrificed their attacking play for a bit more controlling games, which is sort of attributed by the the signings of players like Jensen, Norgard, there's De Silva as well. They're not sort of attacking threats or, you know, a bit of a cliche, but Rolls-Royce type midfielders like Sawyers is. I think think that's a bit harsh on Jensen. He's played really well so far this season, I think. I'm not taking it away from him. I'm just... that. Again, a contribution to attacking play just might not be as um, as prominent as Sawyer's. Well, you say that, but they've still had loads of chances. They're still creating the chances. They're just not putting them away. Yeah, but what are they missing? Some, some Neil Morpay. Yeah. <laughs> which, which, 
which has been pointed out many yeah. times. Well, going forwards, it's an absolute mystery how they've not scored, let alone get three points in this game. They had the third highest expected goals from the weekend, mm-hmm. and that's behind Derby and West Brom, who both had penalties. Derby had two penalties in their case. Canos uh, and Dalsgaard both could have had at least two. This match is just, it just sums up Brentford's season, doesn't mm-hmm. it? I'm not worried because when you create as many chances as Brentford are, yeah. then it starts to go your way eventually. You get mm-hmm. a feeling Neil Morpay would probably be in double figures already at this point in the season. I'm sure he'd have put away a lot of those oh, absolutely. But I'm keeping the faith with Brentford. I think it will click at some point and they'll start racking up the points. I mean, that's what I mean. You know, when when's the ball going to start rolling for him? When are they going to build some momentum? It's going to take a couple of wins to get into that and they will, and they will start doing it. They've invested heavily. It's not, come, not quite happened for him. So, yeah, it will. Well, Charlton, we were pretty pessimistic about Charlton at the Very. start of the season, but they have made some great signings. Conor Gallagher, who scores in this game, in particular looks a real player, and Lyle Taylor keeps banging them in. They've had a dream start to the season, but this isn't going to last. Justin, this is not going to last. You can't keep getting three points when you're having one or two shots on target in every game. Why? You can't. It doesn't work like that. They've only conceded five goals this season. But it, so doesn't, that, that... it doesn't work, is what I'm saying. Because at some point it will catch up with them and they'll slide down the table. Well, Quite rapidly, if they don't create more chances. Huddersfield were in the same sort of position a few years ago when they went up in the playoffs. So why can't it happen? Because that's it's that's just not how it works. You don't keep creating so few chances and scoring from your one shot on target. You, you're too datary here. You, it's not going to work. It's when you have the expected goals that Charlton do. It's it's not going to last. Yeah, but sometimes there are uh, anomalies like Derby last season, for example completely outperform their expected goals. I'm not saying that Charlton's expected goals mean they're not going to do well this season. I'm saying they're having, quite literally, in most of their games, one shot on target and it's going in. That's not going to happen every game this season. It's not going to happen every game, but this doesn't mean they're going to slide down the table or stop performing badly. Where are they in the table at the moment? What? Third. Third. You think they're going to stay third? I don't think they'll stay third, but I'm not going to say they're going to drop like a leaf. Like like a leaf? That's not the saying, is yeah, it? That was a very poor choice of simile. What's, this, what's the saying? Like a stone. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> leaf drops slowly as well. <laughs> That's what I meant. Jesus. Yeah, they're, they're going to drop down the table, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Just because they're, they can't keep this up. It's ridiculous at this point. Teams can perform their, their XG. They can outperform it. Yeah, of course they can. Yeah. But not to this extent. I I think Charlton, are, they're only going to get better because they've got more signings to integrate into the team. They've got Tom Hemed, who's not playing yet. He's a striker. If their performances improve, then sure, they could stay mid-table, top half, maybe around there. But at the moment, if they keep performing like this, there is no way they are going to be anywhere near the top half. I disagree, Charlton fans. You're going to finish top half. We'll have to wait and see then, won't we? But I will be right. <laughs> Derby won, West Brom won. Waghorn scored and missed a penalty. Then Sahor scored a late penalty. Yep. There were loads of chances in this game. These two, as I just mentioned, finished first and second mm-hmm. for the highest expected goals this weekend. 
three penalties, three penalties obviously helps that. Uh, three players in this game really impressed me. Yeah. They were Huddleston mm-hmm. and Knight for Derby yeah. and Dean Garner for Albion. We'll start with Huddleston mm-hmm. because we were saying on Thursday's pod that it looks like he's running in treacle. That's not changed. No, yeah. He still <laughs> he still does look like he's running in treacle, but it's easy to forget how good a footballer he actually is. Absolutely. He's in that realm of sort of midfielders who were probably second tier um to sort of top tier England players. So let's say Carrick or etc. who sort of moulded for that holding role. In the top tier, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Alderson sort of just below that with quality Matthew of... Upson and yes, Jenny exactly. Lescott. Yeah. yeah, yeah, okay. He's in that sort of ballpark of okay. of, of quality of player, um, and I guess that's a compliment to him. But yeah. you can see how good he is in the championship. <laughs> yeah, I get what you mean. He dropped a bit deep in this game, didn't he? Yeah, and worked for him. Yeah, he dictates the play so well. And it was great to see two players in Huddleston and Sawyer's who both do a similar job mm-hmm. and. You know, just do it so well. They do it completely differently as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which is which was quite an intriguing thing to watch. Huddleston's, uh, you know, he likes to spray balls. Obviously, as we say, dictate the play. Probably a bit more defensively minded. Whereas Soyers is more silkier, likes to get a bit further forward yeah. and play balls in behind defenses on the floor. Which is, you know, as I say, really intriguing. Yeah, Jason Knight, eighteen years old, his first ever league start. He's had a few sub appearances and he doesn't look out of place. In this dog yeah, team, does he? He looked outstanding. Probably should have scored mm. in the second half, um, but he looked really good, and it's a breath of fresh air for that Derby midfield because he's a he's probably a player who's quite busy. They need that. Yeah, he's one to keep an eye out on, uh, out for this season. Uh, me and him also share a birthday, which is nice, isn't it? So that's also a day before mine. Yeah, exactly. Which isn't any interesting. No. Uh, Dean Garner changed the game when he came on, and he was a real live wire. Once yes. he, when he's fit, he's going to be absolutely deadly for West Brom this season. Absolutely. Um, I thought West Brom looked quite sort of safe up until Pierre and Dean Garner came on, and then he started to attack a bit more, started to take a bit more risks in that final third, which is why they got the penalty. Um, I want to see a bit more from them going forward because obviously the game in midweek was a 1-1 draw. They created the chances, didn't take them. Probably the same again on uh, yesterday. Um, but as I say, once once those two are fit and going, they've got, they've got a dangerous sort of um, depth in, in the wide areas. Yeah, absolutely. Albion fans will be hoping it doesn't play so well that West Ham do a Harvey Barnes and take him back halfway through the season. But You'd, well, you'd have thought they'd have learned from that and not put a recall yeah. clause in. <laughs> Uh, just one last thing on this game. Uh, Derby are 16th now. What do you make of how they've started this season? I think it's been a fairly good start. They've not lost games. They've not been out of games. They've In in the games that they've played so far, they could have won every single one of them. The Bristol, you've got two errors there that have led to both their goals in the midweek. Stoke, oh God, the, the goals they conceded in that game were poor as well. It's it's an It's a transition from Lampard and Koku's, you're starting to see, especially especially in the game yesterday, you're starting to see what he's trying to implement into the team. Mm. And it, I think they'll get better. They've had a tough start as well. And that was the last of the tough games. Yeah, yeah. Hall 1, Bristol City 3. Two goals from Benikafobi and a Reese Burke own goal. Robin on Twitter says, City were very impressive. Three wins in a row. And four unbeaten. 
hopefully we can turn this into a good mm. run. This was a great game. Both sides could have scored even more. But as we say, Benekfobi scores again and could turn out to be the best bit of business in the championship this season, couldn't he? Well, I mean, other than Conor Gallagher so far... Yeah. I think these two have been, well, those two have been the standout lone players that have gone into teams so far, as well as Ben White for Leeds. Are we surprised that Afobi is performing well? I mean, he had a bad season last season, but the quality was there. He just needed a bit of confidence, didn't he? Yeah, and he's got that. And Andy Vyman, that partnership is deadly. And they needed a striker. We were saying at the start of the season, that was one area that they needed to strengthen and they've got one hell of a player at the moment. Bristol City have gone a bit under the radar, I think. They're fourth at the moment, but since looking absolutely terrible against Leeds on the opening day, they've been unbeaten, beat Derby away on the way as well. Mm -hmm. So everything's looking up for Bristol City at the moment. Absolutely. I think they wised up since that defeat against Leeds. Started to play to their strengths a little bit. Um tweak the formation which has paid dividends for him um, I expect them to as long as they can keep players fit I know Callas went off injured I expect them to be quite high at the table this season that is the concern isn't it because yeah. we've already spoken about De Silva getting injured and they're mm-hmm. to play Tommy Rowe at left back Yeah, losing Callas as well Christ they've bought in Ashley Williams now though and I think we've already spoken about that, so we won't go into too much detail. Uh, Hull, Jared Bowen, scored with his right foot again. Not a one-man team. He's, he's, the, he's not the most two-footed player on earth, but has scored all three of his goals this season with his weaker foot. I'm sure we spoke about this at the start of the season, that he hasn't... He didn't, did he score any goals with his right foot last season? Oh, yeah, yeah. He, off the top of my head, scored 22 mm-hmm. for Hull last season. I think scored 15 with his left foot. I presume... Headers are also in there as well, but yeah. I, I don't know. I don't have the stats in front of me. But he's not the most two-footed. But you know, as I say, he's uh, yeah showing that he can score Absolutely. with his right. Uh, Hull are now only a point ahead of Wigan, and we've been a bit critical of Wigan on this pod. Is it a case of we'd be more critical of Hull if they had Jared Bowen? If they didn't have Jared Bowen, perhaps. But they've also got Tom Eaves, who hasn't scored yet, and. Grosicki, who hasn't quite impacted either. Hasn't got going yet, has he? No. Um, one thing I, th- I think Hull are struggling with is not quite getting the best out of that sort of front three, four, including Irvine. Um, they need to start putting their sort of... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not emphasis, but stake in the game. Especially at home, you've you, you've got to just be a lot better. They, they, they looked a bit more counter-attacky which is not what you expect. As, as I say, you've got players like Bowen, Grosicki, you want to get them into the game more and they're not doing that at the moment. Hmm. Preston 2, Sheffield Wednesday 1. A double from Daniel Johnson. He's got six. He got six last season, I should say. He's got four already this season. Yep. We said they needed one of their strikers to hit the ground running at the start of the season. Who needs them? And Daniel Johnson's going so well. Yep. Taking the uh, Graham Alexander Penalty Specialist <laughs> uh, Award. Because he's scored all of his penalties so far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Preston are another one who've gone a bit under the radar. They look as if they're on calls for a playoff place at the moment, don't they? As 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 I've said, their home form is is critical for for Preston. They oh, don't deadly perform. At home, they? Yeah, they don't perform amazing away from home, but I guess most teams would find it hard. Um, but all they can do is keep getting results in their home games. They've won every home game so far. That's a great start to the season. It's a great start to the season and um, they're getting the best out of players who weren't quite in form last season like Daniel Johnson. Yeah, absolutely. Wednesday then. It seems the um, 
give the Lee Bullen the job campaign might be dead already. Um, I, let's be honest, <laughs> Moses Odebayo threw this game for Chef Wednesday. Yeah, he had a pretty awful game. One Wednesday fan said he should never play again, which is not very nice. I mean, if I offers fit, does he come in? I think he's got to empty. But yeah, Wednesday fans are calling for a new manager now. No. No. Give Bullen the job. Give him the job, please. <laughs> um, I haven't got the odds in front of me of who, who the current favourite is, but I think um, Rowett is the one who keeps getting mentioned amongst Wednesday fans, and we've spoken plenty about yeah. him potentially getting the job. But we'll have to wait and see to mm-hmm. see if uh, Lee Bullen, our man, <laughs> they're giving, they give him the faith. Uh, Middlesbrough won. <laughs> Millwall won. Paddy McNair and Tom Bradshaw with the goals. Not a great performance by Borough. It takes something special to have Millwall perform better than you in the expected goals. <laughs> <laughs> Borough probably should have had at least one penalty, but it's still not a great performance. It's a Millwall team who's just been absolutely panned in the week. Mm. So they're going to be even more resolute, you'd expect. So it's... They're, they're, they're ticking along. They're getting results. They need to get a bit of momentum in that sense, a bit of consistency in the form. And I think Woodgate's been quite unlucky, as I was saying. They they probably could have beat Brentford if it wasn't for officials again. And this game, they should have had two penalties. Um, OK, there's one argument where Millwall could have had one, but as I was saying a couple of weeks ago, VIR is it's showing itself. It needs to be in a championship. The Derby-West Brom games... A good example as well, because the officials save, were terrible. Let's save the VAR chat for when there's an international break. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'd like to see Marcus Tavernier given a go in this yeah. Middlesbrough team, because they are lacking a bit going forwards. Mm-hmm. They struggled. I think the stat before this game was that they had something like 40 shots, but only scored one goal since the opening day. Yeah. So they, they need a bit more going forwards, don't they? Yeah. They, they need something. They need a bit of excitement, and Marcus Tavernier can be that bit of excitement, aren't they? Yeah, and they need goals from other areas as well. Son Belonga's the main man up front, and after the game on the opening day against Luton, I, I expected Lewis, players like Lewis Wing just to contribute a bit more. Obviously, there's there's Marcus Brown and Marvin Johnson as well. They need goals from other areas. That will help them a hell of a lot. Takes a bit of the weight off of Son Belonga's shoulders, and obviously bringing in players like Tavernier... Yeah, yeah. Millwall going steady. They'd have taken a point here, wouldn't they? I think every away game, Millwall will happily come away with a point. Their their away record in the past has been pretty poor. And Neil Harris has turned that around this season because last season they were they were hopeless. Um, but yeah, as I say, Millwall, same, same, same as Borough, they're ticking along nicely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Todd Bradshaw scored. Should start in the next few games, really, shouldn't he? It's good, good to see him getting on the score sheet after a big injury. Yeah, and he could have a very good season for Millwall. He's a, he's a good player, and I like the little and large partnership. Matt Smith Matt Smith with the header into Bradshaw, and Bradshaw yeah. put it in. Absolutely. Classic Matt Smith. <laughs> <laughs> then finally, Blackburn nil. Cardiff nil. Gareth on Twitter says, Blackburn aren't scoring enough goals. Dak and Gallagher need to start hitting the net ASAP. Defence seems to be fixed. Well, another clean sheet for Blackburn. Defensive issues seem to be in the rear window because Cardiff didn't have too many chances. No. It's now scoring, which is the problem, as Gareth says. Bradley Dak hasn't scored yet this season. He's not as good as Hernandez, which was a poll. That I was going to say, yeah. that was a very vague reference. Yeah, yeah. There's a poll a long time ago we put out. 
um, which got a bit of heat from Leeds fans. Yeah, but I, how yeah. dare you compare? Them? <laughs> but that that shows the quality in the playmakers in, in the teams. Is Hernandez is absolutely smashing yeah. it, whereas Dak isn't. Well, it, sh- it shows the quality of Bradley Dak because last season he was quality. Yeah, he went off the ball a bit in the second half of the season yeah. compared to how he was in the first half of the season but he has has not got going yet this season I mean to be fair to to, to him and the other attacking players perhaps Blackburn have sacrificed their attacking play a little bit to sort their defence out you know they've got is it three clean sheets in a row now they've definitely got two in the row okay so they've got they're picking up clean sheets which is vital because they looked hopeless defensively yeah yeah absolutely I think one thing that would help is if you stop playing Sam Gallagher on the wing it could work well I mean he, they've done it for the past few games now and it doesn't seem to be working <laughs> well they're not scoring goals so. he's not the kind of player I look at and think yep that's a winger but I mean <laughs> there you go yeah. uh, Cardiff then uh, just finally seem to have defensive issues but they have also kept a clean sheet and Blackburn didn't have a multitude of chances as I, as I was saying about Blackburn they need clean sheets um, Cardiff as well. Their hopeless is their, their defenses looked hopeless. Sorry, um, and a clean sheet again is is a is a pretty good key thing to take away from this. It's an away game. They've been poor away from home, so yeah, good result. Yeah, absolutely. Let's get on to the other news other of news. the week. First off, let's start. We were just talking about Blackburn. Let's stick with them. Did you see the? Blackburn fan trying to distract Jared Bowen by the trying penalty to in midweek. Succeeded in distracting. Yeah. Well, I suppose he did. Because <laughs> it, I just have this vision of this man, middle-aged man, <laughs> who's with... I, I just have this vision of him being with his son and his dad's like, Dad, please stop. Please stop whatever you're doing. Because he was really going for it, wasn't he? Yeah. And then he'll turn around to his son. I told you I was right. Yeah. <laughs> I am the hero that Blackburn need. Sapri Lamushi swearing on live radio during the week. You were a big fan of this, weren't you? Disgrace. Disgrace? Nah, nah, you love it. You love it. <laughs> it was the way he just said it like it didn't mean anything. And in, in a French accent, there's no better swear word than shit. Shit. <laughs> and then just finally, there aren't many uh, this week. Stoke mutually agreed to let Bojan leave early this month. He's now at Montreal Impact in the MLS and scored an absolute worldie last night. Some would say he's having an impact. Stoke could do with him now, though, couldn't they? But he's having an impact. Stop. Well, if you spy anything that tickled you, (laughs) let us know. We're at the Second Tier on Twitter. Alternatively, you can email us. The address is secondtierpod at gmail.com. We've done something a bit new. This week, we've uh, started some polls on Twitter to see what you guys think of some of the latest news. One is that we asked, do you think Nathan Jones should be sacked? 55% of you said yes. 45% said no, which is quite interesting. Should Paul Cook be sacked? 40% said yes. 60% said no. It's interesting. Um, I guess that's a bit of fan backing, in a sense. I think Cook deserves is more likely to be sacked than Jones and mm-hmm. probably deserves to be sacked more. Well, Wigan had new owners last season, so that might sway them a bit. Yeah, and I think... I, I, I still have this feeling Nathan Jones could turn it around. So we'll have to wait and see on that. Mm-hmm. And then the final question was, are bounties the chocolate bar nice? You said yes. 
Is this correct? What did you say? Are bounties are, the chocolate bars nice? Are bounties, as in the chocolate bar, yeah. are they nice? Absolutely. You said they're your favourite chocolate bar? I was put on the spot, really, but in a celebration box, bounty comes top. For me. Oh, absolutely not. It's the one you leave at the end. Anyway, 62% of people said no. 62% of people are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Great, that's the polls. Let's get on to the Craig Bryson pub quiz. This week, it's me asking Justin. I've got a mystery championship legend. All Justin has to do is guess who it is from the six uh, clues I've given him. The only rule is this player has to have had over 200 championship appearances and they need to have played relatively recently. So, Justin, your first clue. I've played for nine different clubs. Jesus Christ. At championship level, <laughs> making 329 appearances and scoring... 49 goals. Nine clubs. Nine clubs at championship level. God, he's got a case of the Trevor Benjamins, hasn't he? <laughs> First guess, please. Nine clubs at championship level. Scored 40, 49 goals. Yeah. Scored 49 goals in 300 or so appearances. Got to be a midfielder. I don't know. Uh, nine clubs. Nine clubs. That's really hard. Give, give me a guess, please. Give you a guess. Yeah. Um... Mine is completely blank. The nine clubs has thrown me. <laughs> Head's gone. Yeah. Ben Watson. Ben Watson. It is not Ben Watson. 49 goals for Ben Watson in 300 games. Mm, pretty decent at pass. I suppose he took penalties, didn't mm. he, for a bit. Uh, I've also scored in the top four divisions of the English football okay. ladder. Come on. Nine clubs is completely thrown me. <laughs> Nine clubs. All four divisions. Come on. Jay Spearing. No, Jay Spearing, nine clubs. The nine clubs. Jay Spearing, 49 goals. Yes. These are terrible guesses, but the nine <laughs> clubs has completely thrown me. Okay. At the age of 21, I was playing semi-professionally and working as a quality controller in a factory. I would go on to play in the Premier League just seven years later. Quality controller. Don't look into the job too much. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I found him on LinkedIn or something. 21. Uh, That's quite old to play semi-professional football. And then he went on. I have no idea. Absolutely no idea. 329 championship appearances. That's a lot as well. Yeah, so he spent... He's probably had a season in the Premier League. Mm. Or half a season. Mm. Come on. Tom Sauls. Tom Sauls, no. 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 <laughs> nice to hear him mention that. <laughs> uh, Ian Holloway once criticised me for for diving, I should say. He got a booking. He This is a quote from Holloway. He got a booking for a complete waste of time of a dive and was laughing about it, but he basically tried to get a penalty, and that ain't funny. I don't know if I don't know if it's the nine clubs that's thrown me or that. These clues are sketchy. <laughs> sketchy? I gave you some good ones last week. These are good ones. Oh, he's forty nine goals, quality controller. <laughs> <laughs> don't look into the quality controller job too much. Um He dived. Oh, I dunno. Elliot Grandin. No, he mm, played no. under Holloway. No. 
Uh, earlier this year, I was given a £20 Nando's voucher after winning my club's Player of the Month award. These clues. Tosh. <laughs> Absolute tosh. I feel like that one, you would, if you saw the news story, you might have got this player quite... The thing is, I think quickly. I have. Um, okay. Well, you've seen the news story. Yeah, but... Okay. So perhaps, has he played for Bolton? Hmm. Do you want me to answer that? Yeah. No. Hmm. I don't think Bolton can afford a £20 Nando's voucher. <laughs> or then again, it's a cheap way of incentivising your players. Instead um, of paying them. <laughs> he's not played for Bolton, so... I don't know. Bradley Pritchard? No. Yeah, Could he have mentioned that. No. <laughs> <laughs> Last clue. I had my most successful spell... At Crew Alexandra. At Crew Alexandra? Yes. <laughs> 329 appearances. Most successful spell at Crew. Is that is that pre-2008 Crew when they were good? I'll give you a clue. It's when Crew win the championship. Steve Jones. No. You've lost, basically. Yeah, no, I know. I, well, I just want to make that clear. If I said the word Quorn to you, would that mean anything? It's Luke Vardy. Luke Varney. Yes. <sighs> See, I made sure I didn't include that. It's Luke Varney, by the way, if you didn't hear. I made sure when I said the semi-professional bit that I didn't say Quorn because I thought that you might get it if I said the that. The sponsor. There's a sponsor. No, Quorn was the oh with the team he played for. Yeah, when he was in, when he was spotted. That's niche, really niche. How disappointed are you? I'm absolutely disgusted by some of the clues. Well, they were good clues. Come on. Perhaps I'm reading from a loss, but no. get on with it. Yeah, you're very bitter. Anyway, this has been the second tier podcast. Thank you for listening. If you spot anything funny in the week, let us know because we always like to have a little bit of a laugh here on the second tier and we'll, we'll mention it in the uh, in other news section of the pod as always keep sending us your match reviews from any of the games that you've been to give us a review on apple podcasts just mention us to your friends or your nan spread the love spread the love your nan might like championship football i don't know i don't know what she's into but this has been the second tier podcast i've been ryan dilks i've been justin peach thank you for listening Let's